With baseball in full swing and the NBA playoffs off to a hot start, you can make each and every series matter by having a little bit of something-something in the game with MyBookie.ag. Regardless of whether you're betting favorites or underdogs, player prop bets, or just looking to make some cash, MyBookie gives you tons of options to make all your favorite matches a hell of a lot more exciting. And if you're looking to bet for the first time but don't know what to bet on, we're here to help point you in the right direction. For example, say you see an NBA series in which the team that had been favored is suddenly down 0-1. But you know they're the better team. You know they're going to come back. But suddenly, the series price is a whole lot more attractive now that they're down 0-1. Well, go to mybookie.ag, fire in on that one, and make some sweet coin if it comes home. And if it doesn't, guess what? There's more NBA playoffs to come in football after that. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up now, and use promo code ZABE to get your first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Let them know we sent you. Use our promo code ZABE to get that free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash zabe. Today on the Zabecast, so it has come to this, the Milwaukee Bucks, once considered the NBA's Siberia, are one win away. From their first title since Kareem. And the Greek Freak has added yet another masterpiece along the way. Andy Poland joins me. We'll talk about the drive-by shooting outside Nats Park. Plus, whether Colin Morikawa is the new truth or just another really good young player. Your 30-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. the drive, gets inside, leans in, knocked away and stolen by Holiday. Phoenix has to foul, and a pinnacle ball throws it down, and a foul, Giannis on the alley-oop, what a turnaround, a chance to take the lead and the turnover, as the Bucks now up by three and a free throw coming up. As spectacular as that dunk was, it was actually... The second most impressive thing from Giannis Attentacumpo, the golden child, the Greek freak, over the weekend. Hello and welcome, and here we go. Happy Monday, July 19, 2021. The Bucks are on the doorstep of a championship. And I, as luck would have it, planned weeks ago, am going to be back in Milwaukee tonight as a matter of fact, and will be downtown at the Deer District 
wherever we can find a spot, wherever we can find a table within eye shot of a big screen or a TV to just be part of what could be a historic night. Wow. It's amazing to think all the stuff that has come together for this team and the stuff they've overcome and the near deaths they've died along the way. Kevin Durant's toe being on the line, which could have killed him in the first round or second round against the Nets. The Giannis injury against the Hawks, which looked like curtains. It's over. But they keep on going, and now they are falling down 2-0 to the Suns and getting drilled in one of those two games. Bucks in six, somebody once said. It was not an empty boast by Brandon Jennings back in the day. It was prophecy. He was a soothsayer. He was sent from the future. Bucks and six always. That's, that, that's for the culture. Bucks and six always. That's, that, that's for the culture. So for the record, for those that don't know, 2013, Bucks were the eight seed, and they were facing, facing off against the heavily favored and overwhelmingly loaded LeBron James-led Miami Heat. This was when they really started getting going. And Brandon Jennings, being an eternally confident guy, said, oh, yeah, no, we're going to win this series, sure. I know people don't give us a chance, but Bucks and six, which was a hell of a boast because it had that edge of confidence that bordered on delusion. Like, really? Really, Brandon? Bucks and six, always. That's, that's for the culture. So that has become the rally cry of this team. And what makes it cool is that there's no other fan base that can say, well, we had that first. We, we were saying Red Sox and six, or we were saying, you know, uh, pick another team. Sorry, I'm blanking. Knicks and six. No, it's unique to the Bucks because of the boast of one Brandon Jennings some eight years ago. Oh, what's that? Did, did they win the series? No, no, they did not win the series in six or seven or five. or f- They got swept. But Brandon Jennings was that guy. Bucks in six is now teed up, sitting there, home game on a platter on Tuesday night in Milwaukee. It all, it all feels too perfect, too inevitable. And while I don't want to be the guy that says, oh, it's not over yet and wringing my hands, this is going to be the toughest one, the last one is the toughest one, I get it and all that. Sometimes you just feel like, it could be nervous time during this game. I mean, it was on Saturday night as they let a big lead evaporate. And it took Drew Holiday's amazing steal and then the stones to to send a laser beam alley-oop to Giannis. Have you seen the photoshops and the memes of the dunk, which has labels on what you see from the fans? One woman courtside has turned her head fully into the shoulder of her date, and can't bear to watch. LeBron is watching, although they tag that, watching the star of the next Space Jam. By the way, I saw it this weekend. I didn't think it was that bad. But then again, I don't know what purists or what those who love the original Space Jam are are looking for in this thing. They tagged Chris Paul, shorter than Giannis. They showed Giannis displaying humility. More on that in a second couple other people watching life through phones because, of course, they are videotaping it. Another woman with her phone pointed the wrong way, 
with the tag, no way she got it. And then another woman was singing a love song to her phone because she's got her mouth open like, it's almost as good as the photograph that included all the fans in Utah when Jordan hit the last jumper before he retired as a Chicago Bull. Because you can see the whole rear end zone behind the basket section as the ball was in midair. And the expressions are priceless. This was a second closest. There are so many. We're running out of frames when I say hang that one in the Louvre. That was absolute artistic perfection. Like I said, Giannis, it's only the second best thing I saw from him over the weekend. What's the best? The best was a quote from him about the difference between ego and pride and why it's crucial to avoid both of them as an athlete. Take a listen and then we'll recap it afterwards. I mean, you're 26 years old and you know I've covered plenty of players who didn't seem like they figured the ego part out until their 30s. I mean, who taught you about what it why that's important and, and to handle it that way? I think I think I think uh, I'll say life. Usually, let me tell you this. Usually, when uh, from my experience, right? Like when I think about like, oh yeah, I'm, I did this. I you know I'm so great. I had uh, thirty. I had twenty five, ten, and ten, or whatever the case might be. Because right. you gonna think about that. Oh, we won this and that. Usually, the next day you are gonna suck. Right. You know. Uh, <laughs> Simple as that. You like the next few days, you're gonna be terrible. And uh, I figured out like a mindset to have that like when you focus on the past, that's your ego. I did this. You know, um, we were able to, you know, um, beat this team for all. We, we did. I did this in the past. I won that in the past. Mm-hmm. And when I focus in the future, is my pride. Like, yeah, next game, game five. I do this and this and this. Right. You know, I'm going down. That's your pride talking. Like, you, it doesn't happen. Like, you're right here. And um, I kind of, like, try to focus in the, you know, in the moment, in the present. And that's humility. That's being humble. That's not setting no expectation. That's going out there and enjoying the game, competing at a high level. And uh, I think I've had people throughout my life that helped me with that. But that's a skill that I've tried to, like, kind of... Um, um, how you say, kind of like perfect it. Master it. Uh, yeah, master it. And uh, it's been working so far. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not going to stop. You're doing okay. Un-freaking believable. It, is this guy real? Wow. And this, of course, was in his second language. That is some deep, thoughtful, amazing shit. And by shit, I mean gold. Is this guy real? Mm, Pinching myself right now to think, wow. To be able to do what he does on the court, to be able to have that kind of perspective, to be that joyful of a player, to be that humble of a guy, it's incredible. And it's not like he's some bitch either. You don't just have to be, well, he smiles and he's happy and he's thoughtful and he's polite. So he's saw, don't even. The mean mug into the camera after the dunk and the N1 from Chris Paul. Oh my God, I'm 
dead. When I saw that, I go, holy shit. Amazing game. Brink of history on Tuesday night. Knock on wood. God help us if it goes badly. But I just have a hard time believing. The odds makers have a hard time believing as well. The Bucks are now minus 450 to win it all. By far the highest favorite price they have been. And to think the Suns shot 55% from the floor. They shot 68% from three. And they were over 90% from the line. And they outscored the Bucks in the paint. And they still lost. How, how is that even possible? I think they said that's like the first time since you know James Naismith put peach baskets onto the walls at the YMCA that that has happened. Incredible. We shall see. Uh, Tuesday's Brewers-Royals game in Milwaukee has been moved from its original 7-10 first pitch to 3-10, so it won't conflict with game six of the Bucks and Suns and the NBA Finals. That's probably a smart thing. Okie dokie, time to rattle Andy Pauly's cage to see what's going on. Hello. Hello, Andrew. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good. The weather's beautiful today, isn't it? <laughs> you just had to bring that up, right? To try to rub it in my yeah. face, to try to say every once in a while we get a decent weather day in between well, July 1 and September 1st. Is that it? I'm asking for equal time. With all the fetching you've done about the weather, I thought when we had a nice day in July, it should be pointed out as well. All right, fine. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Andy Pulley. So what'd you do this weekend, my friend? Let's see. What did I do this weekend? Oh, uh, did you go to the Nats game on Saturday night? Oh, yeah. Of course we were going to start there with that. Did you go to the makeup game on Sunday? Did that go off well? I didn't even Uh, check today. Now, uh, actually, uh, they resumed the game with the Nats behind 8-4. to four. They lost the game 10-4. to four. Okay. And uh, then they played the regularly scheduled game that started about 3 o'clock. And uh, they won it with a walk-off. But, boy, that was a wild game, too. So, uh, quite a weekend for them. All right. Sure. So, let's talk about the big story. A shooting outside of Nats Park during the game itself. A drive-by that left three people injured right on one of the main thoroughfares getting in and out of that area to get to the ballpark. This is pretty unprecedented stuff, is it not? It, 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 you know what's bizarre about that? I'm, I'm sure that there have been other shootings outside of ballparks before. but Are you? That, have you heard of them? I, 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 would, I would imagine there, there would have been. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But, but what, I'm, what, what I'm getting at is the way this was handled. They told first people to to get inside, I guess, get on the concourse, get through the dugouts. There were people that were going to the clubhouse. And then after what seemed like a relatively short period of time, I'll tell you, I, I was hearing this as it unfolded in real time because we were driving back from Baltimore uh, last night and listening on the radio. Uh, it wasn't long before they told people to leave. So, you know, first they say, don't leave, go in. And, and then they're then- like, Okay, now leave. Yeah, and and they had not, as, as far as I know, apprehended the shooter at that point, and they were telling people to leave? That didn't make a lot of sense to me. Well, here's what's, to me, utterly frustrating. Beyond frustrating, it's maddening. The authorities are like, they want to stress that 
there is no ongoing situation and there is no threat to the public. To which I said, wait a minute, there's somebody who hasn't been arrested who shot at another car from their own car. I'd say yeah. there's still a threat out there. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I'm with you. I, How can I, you say that? I like all they, they I, also the news said, uh, like one of the reporters, I think it was for Channel 7, said, authorities want to stress this is a safe area. And I'm like, well, maybe not. <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's safer than it used to be, and it looks totally different than it did 15 right. years ago. But, well, the other uh, thing, the other thing that was said was they, they want to stress that the shooter was not inside Nats Park. And I'm right. like, so do you just teleport from your garage into your seat and then back out again? You have to leave the park to go walk to the subway, to walk to your car and to drive your car where there was just a shooting. Yeah, I agree. And they said that there were streets blocked off around Nats Park as people were trying to leave. It seems to me that you would want to contain the ballpark, keep the people inside, and tell them, wait as long as you can to leave, or we're not letting anybody leave for an hour, or whatever it is. It it, it, it seemed to be backwards the way they handled it. Is it fair to say this stadium in this location was a mistake? No. Why not? Because they, the whole area has been revitalized. There's, there's uh, apartments, there's office buildings, there's restaurants. Uh, you know, I mean, that, that's... And drive-by shootings. Okay, but could could that happen at another ballpark? It probably could, right? Well, it could happen anywhere. It's, does it happen? Like, we're going to see in the coming years, if the current crime trends continue, whether building stadiums, not just in D.C., but anywhere, everywhere in urban areas is a good idea. I I can't wait to see what attendance does for the Nationals from here the rest of the season. It can't help. Uh, Probably can't help, but they did try building in suburban areas for a while, and that didn't work out well either, and everybody wanted the ballparks and the arenas downtown again. Yeah, when downtowns were nice. They're getting not so nice again, in case you haven't noticed. You know, the Braves are the one team that said, we're going the other way, and they built out their... Uh, in the Burbs, they may end up looking smart when it's well, all but, said and done. But they, it seems like the Braves build a new bar park about every six months. Well, they right? they, 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 they they have built a few along the way, to be sure. Yeah. So yeah. are you less inclined to go to a game? No. Wow, look at that. Very calmly. <laughs> well, well, I mean, do, do you really think that this is going to touch off a, ra- a ra- rage of, of ballpark outside shootings i don't think so if there were five drive-by shootings every season would you right. be more afraid to go but the ballpark has been open since 2008 i, I know one i know one okay I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume andy that you would if there was five per year yeah. you would be like shit i ain't going right. there's only there been one been. there's only been it, one so far so it, somewhere between years. one and five is the Andy Poland hell naw index number? But the, but you said five per year. There's been one in thirteen years. Well, it seems like we, that's a lot fewer. Well, do you think there'll only be one in the next thirteen? Well, there might be one in the next thirteen. I don't know, but I'm going to take a chance that I won't be shot if there is one in the next thirteen years. If the tempo picks up, it's disaster for the Nats and that ballpark. They have got to pour resources into that area. This can't happen again. 
It's a, a lot, lot of suburban fans that are like, I don't need to. First of all, it's so fucking hard to get to that place. You know that. Um, I, it's not, not as hard as it was when it first opened. I would say that, uh, you know, having driven down there a number of times, how is it any easier? Uh, it just seems like they've got the access figured out. No, they Uh, haven't. It's the same streets. They haven't built a single new street. In fact, they're more clogged with construction. I was down there to go to JFK to do the Monday fill in. And I was like, holy shit. The construction down here is crazy. Well, they they have they have built like like a lot of it has been residences and office buildings. Oh, which I don't know how office buildings are going to survive uh, as we've we've learned during right. COVID. They can live without them. But uh, I would also I know you're gonna you're gonna scoff at this, but there is the metro, and the metro yeah. runs right yeah. across the street from the ballpark. The metro, which I have to remind people who don't who listen to this podcast and don't live in D.C., which closes at midnight. No questions asked. And therefore, when there are playoff games that go deep into the night, the team has to announce on the Jumbotron, attention, the Metro is closing, which puts a real crimp in people that want to stick around. It's one of the most insane things ever, and it's still happening. I agree. Uh, But at times, either Metro has picked up the extra hours to stay open or the team has paid for that. At times. Yes. But But not all the time. Not all the time, and there was an incident, uh, gosh, it goes back to like seven or eight years ago, where a couple had gone by boat to the game <laughs> and had to be rescued by the Coast Guard because, I mean, unfortunately, they were rescued. But, but yes, because of the Metro, they had to chosen to uh, travel by boat to the game. Well, yeah. I, the, the interesting part is, so I was reading, I was looking at the timeline of Clinton Yates, Mm-hmm. who I think wrote for the Post. I think he's on ESPN now. Yes, Clinton Yates. yes he's, he's on Around the Horn, and he yeah, covers that, baseball. Yeah. He works for the Undefeated. He's a very yeah. good guy. Yeah, You know, he was going off on his Twitter feed about, I don't know exactly what his point was, but he was saying things like, you know, the development of the ballpark and everything else has pushed black people into the corner down there where they have been, quote-unquote, left behind. Left behind. And I don't know if he thinks the whole development of the area, that area was a mistake or what could have been done differently. Because in theory, bringing jobs and infrastructure and money to an area should not be bad for people who live there. I would agree with that, yes. So do you think, as a longtime D.C. resident mm-hmm. and whose father invests in rental properties throughout D.C. Well, he owns, what, property, he owns them, yeah. So what do you what do you make of the uh, of the development of that area? I think it's been tremendous, and I think the the waterfront, which is right nearby, is beautiful, and I think it has it has revitalized an area of the city that had been you know uh, not good at all for a long long time. Yeah. So I I mean look you can you can point to what happened Saturday, and that's terrible. That's that's an awful thing. But it's an isolated incident, I think. Well, right now it is. Yeah. Well, we'll okay. see. Go. We'll see going forward. It's a pretty rare thing, you know. You say, "Well, I'm sure there's been other shooting outside shootings outside of ballparks." You and I, pretty good memories, can't think of one off the top of our head. No, that's true. But but there is a a, a ballpark in a place called the Bronx, which has right. been known to have some shootings over the years. Right. I, I would. I would think so, since they built the house that Ruth built, there has to have been one, maybe. I don't know. So that's why, okay, so that's what I wanted to ask you is you knowing New York way better than me, 
was going to the old Yankee Stadium a dicey affair? Not for me. Uh, you know, I found the parking to be pretty well laid out. I, I could take the subway there. I think the area around the New Betts ballpark and Old Chase Stadium, that, that was not a great area. To, you know, a lot of a lot of auto glass repair places for people to bust out your windows in, in Queens. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I, I don't I, I, I would I would I, I don't know of any shootings that have happened outside of ballparks besides the one Saturday night. But I would be surprised if that is the only one in the history of baseball. All right. If anyone out there knows of other ones that we're just forgetting right now, let us know. Uh, Send me a tweet. Send me an email. You know where to reach me, zabe.yahoo.com. I would say this, Andy. The uh, Nationals are extremely lucky that Mm -hmm. some innocent little girl going to the ballpark with her family, with her Nats hat on, was not killed in this incident because that would have been a game changer. Well, there was a fan who was one of the victims shot. Uh, yeah, was a bystander. Killed, yeah, what, what, and had been at the game. Yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. nuts. I uh, I don't go because a it's impossible to get there. B, you got so many rain delays in the summer, it becomes a bit of a nightmare. They should have built a retractable roof stadium. They didn't. We got whatever we could get wherever we could put it because it was such a hard push just to steal the team from Montreal, right? And 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 given the way things developed in building the stadium, there was no chance in hell it was going to have a retractable roof. Do you remember a woman by the name of Linda Kropp? Yeah. Who, who fought like crazy over like a uh, $100 million in, in, in budget costs. And, right. Uh, there, there was some chance that it wasn't going to be built. Yeah. And, 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 and what happened was it was like a 20 year plan, maybe, maybe less, maybe 15 years yeah. to cover the cost. They did it in three, three. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's pretty good. All said and done. But I just, I compare it to Milwaukee where the stadium is not in downtown. It's technically within Milwaukee city limits or mm-hmm. Milwaukee County, I think, but it's a mm-hmm. little bit out away from downtown. Um, and it's got a retractable roof. So you are never worried about a rain out or a rain delay or the game going till one o'clock. Uh, union costs, labor costs in Wisconsin, a little bit different than the district of Columbia. Well, suddenly Andy is a, uh, engineer and a city planner. <laughs> Well, I, I, I would I would wonder about the I'm cost dead. of that ballpark okay. versus the one that was built here. My point is, when you're building something and paying for it, get yeah. a nice one, and it's yeah, got to be on the right that. spot. And by the way, this whole thing is now a big concern about wherever the new Danny World is going to be, wherever the new Wooft Stadium right. is going to be, because right. if they put that in the wrong spot. And I don't mean necessarily in terms of a sketchy neighborhood, but if it's too far to get to or too hard to get to, it's going to be a disaster again, just like Raul John was. Well, I, I also think it's going to be a small stadium. I think I think you're really? going to see a, a sixty thousand seat stadium. Well, then you okay, but then you can't have a Super Bowl. And the whole reason but, to build new stadiums is to get that Super Bowl. That's part of what the NFL does. They dangle that carrot. Build a new stadium. Public funds will bring the big show to town. Doesn't matter if you're in. Minus a hundred degrees, like Minnesota, we'll bring it there once. Right, but but I think the as time goes on, the seat sales are becoming less and less significant. It's all about the television money. I so, guess so. 
uh, and I, I, I think I think if your stadium is nice enough and new enough, they'll put a Super Bowl there and put up some temporary seats like they did in Dallas, except those temporary seats were falling <laughs> apart and the people who had bought them were out of luck. That was one of the great fiascos of all time. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. With baseball in full swing and the NBA playoffs off to a hot start, you can make each and every series matter by having a little bit of something-something in the game with MyBookie.ag. Regardless of whether you're betting favorites or underdogs, player prop bets, or just looking to make some cash, MyBookie gives you tons of options to make all your favorite matches a hell of a lot more exciting. And if you're looking to bet for the first time but don't know what to bet on, we're here to help point you in the right direction. For example, say you see an NBA series in which the team that had been favored is suddenly down 0-1. But you know they're the better team. You know they're going to come back. But suddenly, the series price is a whole lot more attractive now that they're down 0-1. Well, go to mybookie.ag, fire in on that one, and make some sweet coin if it comes home. And if it doesn't, guess what? There's more NBA playoffs to come and football after that. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up now, and use promo code ZABE to get your first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Let them know we sent you. Use our promo code ZABE to get that free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Uh, did you uh, watch any of the NBA Finals on Saturday night? I, I stayed up as late as I could. I, I tapped out in the third quarter, but saw the highlights uh, this morning. That was an unbelievable finish last night. Incredible finish. Uh, the series has been very low rated. 
uh, which yeah. I don't know. I can't account for that. I don't understand it. Oh, uh, I can. I can. It, it, uh, what? It, just markets that people don't care about? No stars that people I, care about? I, I think broadcasting is all the same. And, and, and what happens, these uh, managers who change familiar voices, I know I'm, I'm hitting a nerve here, for my own nerve, oh, but, uh, but people who stay on – People want to see LeBron in the finals every year. They want to see Steph Curry in the finals every year. So now we have unfamiliar faces. That's true. And and they're not and they're not watching. And, th- and this is this happens all the time in all of broadcasting that they take away. The, oh yeah, we can increase the ratings even more. No, you're you're going to get less. And yeah. uh, and and this oh fresh faces in the finals. Yeah, I mean Antetokounmpo is an incredibly compelling player. Uh, uh, Bo- Tim Booker is a tremendous player. Chris Paul's a great player, but they're not familiar. Yeah. The league built its business on LeBron for the last fifteen yep. years, so the oh. post-LeBron era, whenever that comes, is going to be really, really tough. But not not then. It, it, well, they, he was very fortunate that it happened this way. But David Stern looked at a league when he took over that was tape delaying its finals yeah. and they said, we're going to sell stars. And they had the perfect storm of Larry bird, the white star in Boston, right. magic Johnson, the black star in Los Angeles, the white collar team, the blue collar team. And they met often enough in the finals that people really cared about it. So, yeah. you know, this is nothing new. This is, this is what they've been doing for years. Yeah. Did you watch any of the British open with Colin Morikawa? I did. Blowing away Louis Oosthuizen and holding off Jordan Spieth. Right, and and I was happy to see Spieth back. I think he's he's. Uh, I, I'd like to see him be among the, the contenders for majors for a long okay. time. I like to watch. You him can play. identify with Spieth. It feels like yes. he might be your son-in-law. Yeah, and and we've seen him fail. We've seen him succeed. We've seen him fail. And now he's a comeback story. Don't you love a comeback story? No, I do. I'm I'm happy for him. I just want to know if you can get behind Morikawa, who now has two majors in his first eight starts, who the last time anyone did that was Bobby Jones in the right. 30s. Right. I was just thinking, if how old is he, like 24, yeah. 25? Yeah. yeah. If he gets on a Tiger run, will there be anything close to that excitement? I don't no. think so. No, because he's boring. But – you, Andy, could squint a little bit and kind of see Tiger Woods because he is Asian-American. Uh, Colin right. Morikawa, he's Japanese. He'd be like, ah, that looks like Tiger. No, it's not Tiger, Andy. Sit closer to yeah. the TV. <laughs> Plus, he's not dynamic. I mean, he's right. just boring. Tiger yeah. had a flair, a panache, a, a, a way to want to step on everyone's necks. Morikawa right. is just really, really good. He might be kind of like Spieth and that Spieth was really hot at a young age yeah. and raced out to three majors and then kind of cooled off. The game humbles everybody, it seems, except right. for Tiger. So Yeah. I, and you know what else? And you're, you're a golf guy, so I'll ask you this. Uh, this this whining that I'm noticing on Twitter <laughs> about, about the, the major season being over. As I remember it, the British Open would be played, and then in August, the PGA would roll around and go, oh, yeah, we got one more major to go. Oh, it's the PGA. Well, that's the, that's the fourth best major. Okay, we'll watch that. Yeah. So I, I kind of like the new schedule. I, I, the, new schedule it, the new schedule makes a ton of sense. But yeah, for us yeah. longtime golf nerds, we, we, we have to remind ourselves, this is only the third year that this has been the case. Where we're like, oh, mm, that was delicious. Uh, give me one more help. What's that? The buffet's closed? Oh, yeah. that's right. It's closed. The The PGA Tour did one thing smart, and that was to get the hell out of the way of football. 
They said, right. we need everything wrapped up by yep. the first weekend in September because nobody gives a shit about us at that point. Right, right. The, the PGA just seemed to be a big fourth place. Like, the you know, Masters won, and then you could argue who's two, U.S. Open, British Open. But clearly, PGA fourth place, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was the, oh, by the way, major. And it, too, got played in the hottest part of the summer. Right. Was always plagued by rain delays and thunderstorms and everything else. So it was smart to move it out of the way. Yeah. But wasn't that when Lee got struck by lightning? Was that the PGA? Uh, yeah, he, he would still hold his one iron up, Andy, because he said, yeah. even God can't hit a one iron. <laughs> yeah, I think Trevino got struck by lightning twice. Did not kill him. So the Mary Mex no. lives on. Uh, Richard Sherman, yes. go. Oi. Uh, Oi, that's a good one. He, he, uh, you know, that one, that one like came out of nowhere. Like, you know, there are some athletes who you have a sense that there are some problems. This is like the guy next door. You find out, you know, he's got a, a, a record of, you know, burglaries or whatever it is. Like he, he seemed to be. Richard like, Sherman was positioned in the media as yeah. the don't judge this book by its cover. Right. Stanford graduate. Right. Uh, don't judge no. him from his trash talking, dreadlock wearing, looks like a guy straight off the mean streets who will bite your head off. No, he's smart. He negotiated mm-hmm. his own deal with the Niners. He's the VP of the Players Association. Right. He could still be all those things, but he has a fucking alcohol problem and maybe some mental health issues. Right. And and then, you know, I, I know you 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 snap at me when I say this, oh but but the, but the speculation about CTE comes up again. Oh, Jesus. And he's been in the league for 10 years. I, I understand that, you know. So CTE. I, I, he's got Jack Daniels TE is what he's got. Well, <laughs> Drinking okay. too much. You know well, what? Yeah. I, I, I guarantee at 33 with no job right now in the NFL and probably no more job because of this. Mm-hmm. He's grappling with the great beyond as right. every athlete has to do. And I don't yeah. envy them. I do feel sympathy for them because it's a cold world once the lights go out. Right, right. Or or if you can keep them on in television, that helps. But, you know, right. and he he could have. I mean, and maybe he still will. You know, he can go on an apology tour and, you know, people like that too. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I, I think that that ha- certainly has weighed on him yeah. that he can't do it as well as he used to. Right. All right. Lastly, Wes Unseld Jr., the new yeah. coach of your yeah. Washington Wizards. I, I really don't have a sense of him, um, but we're being sold once again. He's a defensive guy. Oh boy. How many years have we been told <laughs> this is a guy who will stress defense i mean this was like this was like christmas every year we would have steve buckhans the great voice of the wizards on the air and i said buck is this the year that defense is really changing oh yeah you can see it by the way coach x is stressing that in training camp so (laughs) we'll see he's the last first time head coach the franchise has hired since leonard hamilton oh boy and that did not go well. One year and done under the co-ownership of one Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Yeah, that was the uh, the desk Jordan hire. That's right. Um, Do you remember you know, what your your cousin Abe said about 
Uh, oh, no, was that Gar Hurd? Gar Hurd. Gar Hurd allegedly away. blew away. Yeah, Gar Hurd was there when Jordan took over, and I was at that news conference to announce Jordan, and Jordan basically fired him at the news conference. He says, I'll be at practice. If Gar doesn't like it, too bad. I'm his boss. <laughs> Gar should have just said, he's not gonna be, he might be at one practice, but I know how much he loves to play golf. He's not going to stick around for very long. So. Well, he, he stuck along long enough to say you're fired. So so that that did not end well. Um, I, I would say this, that that uh, with Leonard Hamilton, he was also the second choice to be the first time guy. You heard what happened with Mike Jarvis, who was the initial choice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and his agent, Rob 80s, the late great Rob 80s, uh, Jordan shoved a contract of a million dollars at Rob and Rob said, F you and Jordan said no F you and that was the end of that there you go wraps it up neatly yeah all right Andy good to talk to you as always brother I'm going to Milwaukee today and I could be there for the game six clincher and a possible no I can't even say it whatever would come after winning the championship I don't know what that is I don't know small gathering a birthday cake I, I don't know what comes after I don't dare mention it for risk of jinxing jinxing it. Well, good luck. Enjoy that. All right, we'll do. Talk to you next week. Thanks, brother. See you. Let me give you my quick quick thoughts on the British Open, which I call the British because it's easy. They used to call the Masters the U.S. Masters, too. Oh, by the way. Anyway, quick thoughts on the British. It was one of the most insanely nice weeks that we've had for the Open Championship since probably the duel in the sun at Turnberry in 1977. It was not just warm. It was not just sunny. Virtually no wind for day after day after day. I would say, I would bet they get five of those days over there on average every summer, and they just burned four of them in a row with this tournament. Would have been more interesting with a bit more weather, obviously. I will say this about Royal St. George's or Sandwich. Eh, you can have that course. It seems like I was struggling to go, do I remember any of these holes? Any of them. I know if you've never been over there, if you're just a casual golf fan, all these British Open courses look the same. At least the Lynx ones do. I just thought, I don't see anything compelling about this place. But I don't know. Someday, hopefully, I'll get to play it. I, I do have a goal a life goal of playing every open championship rota course that's ever been played. I've hit all the ones in Scotland. I have to get over to Royal Portrush in Ireland now because that's been added to the rota, or at least it did when they last played it. And I got to hit all the UK courses, which, eh, I don't know. So for anyone that's played them, let me know. Are they as good as the ones in Scotland? Are they better? Are they worse? Are they meh? Didn't look like much to me on TV. Speaking of which. The U.S. announced team was almost exclusively from the States. You saw the f- sort of random, not random, you saw the every now and then cut-ins in studio of Zinger and company and Dan Hicks. First of all, it's the strongest broadcast team in terms of analysts ever. To me, I'm a huge Faraday fan. I'm a huge Azinger fan. And I'm becoming even more of a Bones Mackay fan. Between those three guys you get the most densely packed 
information per word per sentence with the least amount of ego and pretense ever. They're sublime. I thought the television shots were amazing. I don't know how they were getting some of them. I know that traditionally they put cameras up on cranes, which there was a few of, but I believe they had some sort of either drone or airplane on a gyroscope that was taking shots. There's some great camera work. So there was that. Uh, But the one thing about the broadcasting, which if I'm one of those guys that wanted to be over there badly but couldn't because of COVID protocols, I got bad news for you. They're never sending you back over there again because for the most part, you couldn't really tell. You couldn't tell that they were over there. And you're talking thousands upon thousands of dollars to send a whole team of people over there. They're just not going to do it. You know that NBC, so cheap that they gutted the Golf Channel when they bought it and dragged it out of Orlando because they're like, well, we got an empty studio up here in Connecticut. Can't you do your golf thingy up here? Okay, I guess you'll have to. They're cheap. They're never sending the crew back there. Not not the whole crew. It's It sucks for them because I know it was a good gig. It was a great junket while it lasted. One thing I'd like the states to do more of, and I think this was a Sky TV thing, they would show a close-up of the lie of a golf ball if it was not in the fairway. Or sometimes even in the fairway. But they had a lie cam, like a split screen, that showed up a real close-up, which someone said they used foot reporters with cell phones that would take a quick pick, text it to somebody, and they'd throw it up on TV by the time they got from the tee shot to the ball. That's brilliant because you know what? That's the number one thing every golfer thinks about or looks at as soon as they get to their ball that's not in the fairway. And even sometimes when it's in the fairway, what kind of a lie do I got? Is it a thin lie? Is it a fluffy lie? Is it uphill? Is it downhill? Is there a blade of grass here? Makes all the difference in the world. Would love to see them do that stateside. I am not so confident they're going to adopt it. There was no movement on Saturday. Moving day, they said. Guess what? Basically, nobody moved. The one, two, three didn't change. There was nobody making a run. You just changed by a little bit, by a stroke or two, the one, two, three. Poor Louie, bridesmaid again, or technically a third place made T3, just didn't have it. Wasn't nearly as sharp as he was for the first three days. He's an amazing player, and he has a boatload of second place finishes and of top threes now in majors with only one major to show for it, the British at St. Andrews. Great swing, great guy. Can you say that he lacks fire because he's low-key? Is that why he can't finish? It'd be a very cliched sort of Skip Bayless thing to say. I'm just not sure I'm buying it. Morikawa is just every bit as good, if not better. He's so ice. He is so calm. And I said after he won the PGA with no fans around, I said, That was a hell of a performance, but I do want to see him win a major when you got the pressure of fans making noise and hearing other guys make a run at you. Well, now he's got that under his belt. He had never played the Open Championship before this. He said if he had not gone to the Scottish Open the week before, he would have had no chance because he was unfamiliar with Lynx golf. And then he won it. Amazing. Uh, Kepka dropped, uh, backdoored it. He kind of got in the mix very late with a low score. DeChambeau, we talked about his driver comments on this podcast on Friday. Uh, he did nothing over the weekend. John Rahm put on a furious finish. Probably just 
ran out of holes or got off to too slow of a start. And then poor Jordan Spieth, the two shorties he missed on 17 and 18. Bogey, bogey finish. Ufa. It's good to see him back, though, as Andy said. It's good to see him back because he's one of the stars of the game. He's like this everyman. He looks like, you know, your son-in-law. Like, it looks like a guy I can relate to. And it was cool to see the shot tracer on how he hit a lot of big, swooping safety cuts into the middle of the fairway. These were not just like little bit left to riders. They were intentionally, you know what? We're going to hit a big old cut. I know it's not going to go as far as a draw. I don't care. I just have to hit the fairway. I'd say Jordan Spieth is back. He's had the most consistent year of just about anybody on tour, but only one win to show for it. The Ryder Cup looks like we should be pretty good, Team USA, given all the players that are on it, at least in the top six, plus a whole lot of captain's picks. That's if Bryson and Brooks don't fuck it up. And let me tell you, if there's one report of any little thing that happens in the team room, at the photo, at the dinners, between those two guys, and if they end up losing, oh, there'll be nerd hell to pay when it comes to the Ryder Cup because we got to win this thing. In it to win. It. All right, that's a wrap for today. Please bear with me this week as my production schedule for this fine podcast is going to be challenging, to say the least. Massive day on Tuesday. Not only am I going downtown to the Deer District to be there for possible history and maybe out all night if they win, but I'm playing golf at the venerable Milwaukee Country Club uh, with one of our sponsors on Tuesday before that, so that's a bucket list day for me. Wednesday is a recovery day, which I might have to sleep all day, and then Thursday is Caddy Day, our Caddyshack Tribute Tournament, which is an absolute hoot, but that's an all-day affair. Saturday is uh, the Bloody Horns. Friday, I've got, I think, a little bit of a rest. I don't know when I'm going to get all the podcasts in, but I think I'm going to do it. And I appreciate your patience and understanding if I might miss a day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Spread the word, as always. Rate and review to please our algorithmic overlords. Have a great Monday, everybody, and we will see you next time. With baseball in full swing and the NBA playoffs off to a hot start, you can make each and every series matter by having a little bit of something-something in the game with MyBookie.ag. Regardless of whether you're betting favorites or underdogs, player prop bets, or just looking to make some cash, MyBookie gives you tons of options to make all your favorite matches a hell of a lot more exciting. And if you're looking to bet for the first time but don't know what to bet on, we're here to help point you in the right direction. For example, say you see an NBA series in which the team that had been favored is suddenly down 0-1. But you know they're the better team. You know they're going to come back. But suddenly, the series price is a whole lot more attractive now that they're down 0-1. Well, go to mybookie.ag, fire in on that one, and make some sweet coin if it comes home. And if it doesn't, guess what? There's more NBA playoffs to come and football after that. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up now, and use promo code ZABE to get your first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Let them know we sent you. Use our promo code ZABE to get that free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.